Hey guys, on today's episode of the South CAC Syndicate Podcast, we've got Shane McGuffin. We're going to talk Optivize, insurance, but more importantly, we're going to get into the importance of parents and work ethic. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Liz, and you're listening to the South CAC Syndicate Podcast. Good morning. Welcome to the South CAC Syndicate Podcast. Kyle Voss in the house. Jared here. We got a special guest. We always have a special guest. Yeah, Mr. Shane McGuffin. So it's gonna be a good one. We actually kind of opened up, we picked his brain just a little bit. I've known Shane, what, gosh, uh, at least 16 years? I'll say 15 years at least. Yeah, because yep. our kids, we actually met, long story, through the medical, whatever, and I met him unofficially and then came back around. Yep. Uh, oh, cool. You know, it so was- like I ran into him in business and then. Two years later, we actually met was as friends. Absolutely. Yeah, I've known Shane. Gosh, Shane, how long have we known each other? A couple minutes. 30, half hour or so. <laughs> I feel like I've known you forever. I know. <laughs> it's really cool. So Yo, today we're going to talk uh, Optivision is the, Optivise, not Optivision, Optivise is the company Opti- Shane works for. Optivision. It just kind of rolls off the tongue. We got, we got some of that too. But it's Optivise. We're going to talk insurance, a little bit uh like Kiwi, yeah, stuff like that. So, what this is more of a supplemental insurance, correct? Yeah, man, we, we're a wholly owned subsidiary of CNO Financial, which is a very large company. They own um, uh, Banker's Life and Casualty, okay, Washington National, Colonial Pen. You've probably seen those commercials on television. Oh, yeah, not a small outfit, not a small outfit. So, now is that was that a recent purchase? Did would they acquire? No, we were a uh, you know, we. we uh, we were purchased in um, June of 1999 uh, and f- kind of formed three different marketing organizations uh, to form what, at that point, we were, we were PMA, was the name of our company, Performance Matters Associates. Okay. We had a name change about a year and a half ago. We just kind of wanted to remarket ourselves. Um, and Optivize is a word you know, that, that we came up with, optimal benefits, well-advised. Okay. Oh, sweet. So, yep. so let me ask you really quick, because you're in this field and you may know who I'm talking about. You know Patrick Bet David? Yes. Okay. He Did he not own some kind of company that was similar in the same field maybe that you guys did that he just exited? I'm not, I'm not 100% sure about that. Because I think he just exited. He had some kind he, of, he was in he, some form of insurance. And I don't know what it was. He was in some type of insurance, but I'm not sure exactly what kind of company. I mean, I don't know the details of that. Yeah, I think it was like a $400 million exit or something yep. crazy. I want to go, I want to back up, right? Yep. I, Shane, tell us a little bit about yourself, your local Oconee County boy right here in the upstate of South Carolina. Yep. Like, give me the background a little bit, where you went to college, kind of what your yep. day jobs were before you, you are yep. in corporate America. Absolutely, man. I grew up in the in Westminster, which is uh, the big city up the road, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, he was a West Oakian. Went to West, West Oak. Oakian. Yep. I was too, man. Yeah, I know. That's what I told him for a year. Yeah, my parents are both from that area, so I grew up there, my whole family there. Uh, graduated in 94, uh, went to Clemson. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Through. At, through, this, at this point, what did you want to do? Man, I did uh, Sports marketing was something, I, I, you know, I always played sports, loved sports. Yeah. Still, still love sports. Not so much playing anymore. Yeah, I get it. That's when you just get your kids to play, right? It hurts to get up out of bed now. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, um, so there was a new major at Clemson, which was sports marketing. Uh, 
was a brand new uh, major there. And so that's what I went into, and I interned my, my last two years with NASCAR in Charlotte. Had a blast doing that. It was a lot of fun. What team? Uh, it was it wasn't a team. Oh, it was NASCAR, uh, the company. Uh, Bruton Smith, who owns the Charlotte track. He owns Atlanta, Bristol, Vegas, I think. Yeah. He owns a bunch of tracks. He's so, a yeah. He's the big player, and so I landed an internship with uh, with him, and that was a lot of fun. But before that, uh, I worked part time at Blue Ridge Electric. A uh, lot of life lessons, uh, like on the lineman crew. Yeah, I was a grunt. Yeah, I mean, God bless the lineman crews, though. Yeah, they get the shit work. Yeah, get me this, get me that. But a lot, a lot of valuable lessons uh, during that time for sure. Learn how to work with challenging people. Yeah. Right, I mean, hey, man, that's a life lesson you gotta all, have. All jobs have all jobs have challenges. It prepared me, for, yeah, but it prepared me for career and marriage. Right, somebody yeah. tells yeah. me what to do all the time. That's right. You know, the thing is, <laughs> you know, what's crazy is you say all True. jobs have that, but I think the earlier you can learn that lesson, you know, I'm doing that right now with my oldest. You know, she wants a job that she likes, and I'm like, that's you don't need a job you like initially. You need to learn how to deal with people who suck. You need to learn. You also need to look back and say, I don't want ever want to do that again. Mm-hmm. You know, and it makes you want to go. I think everybody had to work at a car dealership. That too. I mean, I think that's the same way. It's a it's sales. That's right. That's a sales training thing. Yeah, that's right? right. No doubt. So you're you're working for Bruton. Still really you liking it? Don't know what you're going to do. Hoping maybe you can get a job within that industry or what? Oh, absolutely, man. It was a lot of fun. Um, a lot of photos I have to share with you guys. But any race, it was ever Charlotte. Um, I got to work work in Victory Victory Circle. So. Got to meet a lot of drivers, a lot of teams. Uh, there was four of us that interned there for two summers, the same four. And it was a lot of fun because we got to interact with a lot of the young drivers. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> some cool experiences with that. Uh, Dale Jr. actually uh, you know, lived about 20 miles from that track on his dad's farm. And uh, this is, you guys may know this story, you may not, but you know, he lived in a mobile home, man, up until his second year. Um, on the circuit. Really? Isn't that crazy? He's like, I don't need Good anything else. And he lived in a mobile home out, out, out on Dell's farm, his dad's farm, but he had a huge stage. and He would have uh, concerts on the weekend. My God. And would, Side always, hustle. would always invite us interns to come, and of course we did. Of course. Had a lot of fun doing that, but it was a great experience. I thought that early on I thought that would be my career. You know, there's a lot of different ways to go. Yeah. You know, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, in October of 99, I was set to graduate in December. In October of 99, I was offered a job with his son, Marcus. Uh, his son, Marcus, offered me a job. He was starting a new company that I mentioned to you earlier, Z-Max. Yeah, which everybody probably knows now. You know, back in, what year did you graduate? College? 99. 99. So 99. Yep. You know, you, nobody heard of Z-Max. Everybody kind of knows a household Z-Max, now. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, I went ahead and accepted that job with two months of school to go at Clemson. So I was, I was excited to have a job. Um, at the same time, you know, I wanted to make more money than that. Yeah. I was also going to be traveling a lot, uh, the circuit. Right. Pretty much. So my dad, my parents had actually moved to, uh, to Rock Hill, when I was a sophomore at Clemson, uh, due to my mom's career, okay, and w- when I talked with them about this position, 
you know, they were not thrilled that I was going to be gone all the time and very close with my parents. And for the income, you know, was it really worth it? Yeah. So I wasn't really sold on it, but I was excited at the same time. I knew I knew I could outwork everyone. That's always been a uh, one thing that a competitive advantage of mine is I've always you know, I learned that from my parents of I outwork everybody. Good things will happen. Yeah, that in athletics, I'm sure the competitiveness of athletics probably gave you a little bit of that. No doubt. So it was still you know I went ahead and accepted that job, but still you know didn't know if that's really what I wanted to do or not. Well, you're young enough at this point in your life, right? I mean, there's no kids, there's no wife at this time, right? Nope. Yeah. None of that. So we're, we're a lot easier to take those risks of a lot of road time and a lot of airplane yeah. time, you know? Let me ask you, you know, being, being able to be in that industry, did it open your eyes to how much opportunities out there? It you know, did, but, but I also learned that there's a lot of people out there, man, that are in careers that work really hard for somebody else to make a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, most of them, right? Most of them. But I mean, I guess my point is like, you know, if you if you right out of college and you go work, you know, you stay in a small town and you're working for what you feel like is a great job, mm-hmm. and it may be easy to get to the top, but the top is really small compared to what is, what else is available in the world, right? Yeah. And I think when you're like when you're around like Bruton Smiths of the world, you have to be you have to see things that you're like, I didn't realize it. That, it, that that was possible. No doubt. I yeah. didn't realize things were that big. Yep. Right? Money. Yeah. I worked, uh, my first experience with that, I worked for Rick Hendricks for a very short time, and he flew in on, on his Bell helicopter. And, yeah. not, and not the little R44. Yep. Like a sliding door, you know, leather seats. And I'm just AC. like, yeah. this guy's the richest guy I've ever seen in my life. And he still probably is. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that guy's not short on funds. But um, it opened I, your eyes to what's possible, though. Yeah. But I was too young. I didn't, I didn't realize. Like, I just thought that was a whole nother unobtainable class yep. that I wouldn't ever know. Now I have friends with helicopters. Yeah. You know, it's yep. just, it's weird. But the older we get and, you know, we don't stay in that daily grind of nine to five assembly line. There are so much opportunity out there. It's huge, man. You look at people like, say, Rick Hendrick. And what a lot of people don't realize, there's a few people out there, man, that, that were handed something. But nine times out of ten, there's a reason where he is. Yeah. Right? Well, most of those people that are handed something, they lose it. Yep. Because they, mm-hmm. they don't have the drive. If you don't have the drive to get it, you probably don't have the drive to keep it. No doubt. No, that's right. You know that's what I'm exactly saying? Right. Like, it's the same. It's yep. the same. Uh, yeah. We've got friends that are trust fund friends still flipping houses today. Yeah. yeah. You know, like they're, they're not they're not just counting on whatever was given to them. They've got to keep it, grow it, and then hand it down to the next generation. That's right. Absolutely. That's right. But, you know, as we go through this, I'll kind of put a bow on it at the end. Sure. Of how the man upstairs really works. Yeah, for how sure. How certain things happened. Uh, my parents moving to that area and then me doing my internship there and then eventually meeting Scotty Lee, who's... Uh, the guy that I've worked for for 20, 24 years now. Well, uh, I, th- I think we're about to that point, right? Yep. So you, you're you working for Z-Max at this time, right? Yep. And then how long was that tenure? Well, well keep in mind, so I accepted that job in October. Okay, now I interned with, with them for two years, okay? When I was not in school during any kind of break, through the summers I would I would be working there and staying with my parents, right, when school was not in at Clemson. Uh, and they were very good about working with me in my school schedule. So that was cool. Learned a lot. It was not a paid internship. So it was, I did, yeah. I did that for You probably free. got some food and some stay some, or whatever. But. And, some, and some some cool stuff like 
hanging out with Dell Jr. And yeah, those, uh, concerts at his house. The perks. Yep. <laughs> the little perks. Yeah. You know. Elliot Sadler, you guys remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Very cool guy, man. We're about the same age, and uh, he's a Virginia boy. Cool. And really hit it off with him. He was a really cool, really cool guy. Still but, keep in touch with these guys? Nah, man. Life uh, gets in the way, never was, real, never was real close to them. I mean, you know, they were just, they were very kind to us because we were young and you interns, bet. you know, and means a lot back in those days looking back on it now though oh yeah i've got some cool pictures though i share with about when you actually had to take a real picture yeah right. you had to have it developed <laughs> i had a stack of pictures at the house the other day showing somebody i went just look yeah. and i'm yeah. trying to zoom in yeah. on the picture yeah and it, it what's work. funny is heather was telling me the other day that she remembers her mom taking pictures of like chicken pox when she had chicken pox yeah. And I was like, yeah, because she's probably going to send it to the doctor. And she's like, you, can't, you couldn't send it back then. I was like, <laughs> no way to send it. Oh, yeah. I was That's like, That's right. why the hell is she doing that then? I pulled those pictures out to show my boys and thinking they would be like, first, who's Dale Jr.? Uh, yeah. Really? Seriously? He's still relevant today. Yeah. Though. He's then, racing in Bristol. And then uh, and then you you were kind of chubby. That's all, I, that's, that's all I got from showing the pictures on my phone. <laughs> Get you guys <laughs> went right over their heads of how important yeah. those no respect shots in time were. No respect, exactly right. No respect. No respect. <clears throat> Shout out to Luke because he said he was going to listen to this. So. There you go. Yep. But anyway, so uh, uh, accepted that job in October, and still had two months before I graduated. Right, I was going to start that full time. Going to start that job in January. Okay. Um, in the meantime. Uh, as I mentioned to you guys, my mother uh, in this area was a uh, worked for Winn Dixie. You guys are familiar with that. Not they're not around here anymore. Yeah, if you're not right. from the South, Winn Dixie's like your Safeways or your Publix. I'm trying to think, Publix. I'm trying to think of the West Coast uh, Safeway, maybe. Or Safeway. Safeway, and there's uh, I can't think. Of, but anyway, it's, it's your a grocery, grocery store chain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's more of a southern. It was a southern thing. Mm-hmm. But she, uh, you know, she started with that company right when she graduated high school. And speaking of hard work, the reason she achieved what she did is simply hard work. That's where um, I get that trait from. She's always been a very hard worker. She started at the bottom. Yep, started at the, the bottom as a, as a bookkeeper, I think, and moved her way up and was a manager of the store in Westminster, West Union, um, with your father-in-law. Yeah. As a matter of fact, Seneca, she managed all the local stores and... Uh, had an opportunity to accept a big time promotion uh, to, to to go to Charlotte, which was the uh, Charlotte yeah. division of, of the had a Greenville division and a Charlotte division. And she was uh, they closed the Greenville division, I believe. Anyway, and that was a big move for my parents. You know, both growing up here, my dad was chief of police in Westminster, and so leaving the family and, and going that far was a big deal. But it was a big time opportunity for her. So when I was a sophomore at Clemson, they made that move. And it was just it was it was a god thing. I landed that internship so I could live with him. It worked and, out and work do my internship there. And in the meantime, my dad would you know he took a little time off and, um, and he still had you know ten fifteen years to work. But started looking for for careers and uh, in, in law enforcement. And he came across an ad that Scotty, who was who's uh, who I work for to this day. Uh, more work with. He's like a brother of mine. We're, we're very close and have been very fortunate to grow a very large business with somebody that as cool as he is. Yeah, I think I met him. Am I, am I, I wrong? I think you did meet him one time. Did you guys have some kind of like... I think we had a cookout. Big and, party at your house for you. You guys and, did something. You guys are top and he, and region. He, and or, he came, yep. Yeah. You, did, you did meet him. That's right. That's probably been 15, 12, 15 I've got years a story ago. that I 
I'm not going to tell it because I haven't got his permission, but he told me a story about uh, watering his lawn. Okay. And I'm sure you <laughs> probably heard it. But we'll just bring him on and he can tell the story. Well, that'd yeah. be good too. Do that. Fly him up here from Tampa. He'll do uh, that. That'll work. Yep. He's okay. got ties to the area. His wife, Teresa and, and Dabo, um, best friends growing up. Oh, really? Real tight. Man, so it's a small world. That's how, that's how I know Dabo so well is because of that relationship. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. That's another story. But Thank you, Liz. When he, when he first came here as a receiver coach, Scotty called me. He's like, you guys have got a guy from Alabama that's going to be your receiver's coach for Tommy Bowden. I said, what's his name? He said, Dabo Swinney. I said, who? <laughs> yeah. Dabo. They ain't saying that no more. He said, Dabo. He said, him and Teresa grew up together. They're good friends. I said, oh, okay. So later on, that next spring, I was at the spring game, actually on the on the sideline, and he came by, and I said uh, he, he was speaking to folks, and I said, "Hey, Dabo, you know Teresa Frazier, Scotty's wife's maiden name." And he did a one eighty and came back. So, how do you know her? And I explained the situation. So, ever since then, every time I see him, he knows he, me yeah. very well. So that's that's awesome. Small world, but anyway. Uh, so my dad was looking, you know, started looking for work, and came across an ad. In the Charlotte Observer, that um, that Scotty was running for security. No, no, no. For, for oh, just needing for, for for our for for PMA, which used, gotcha. used to be the name of our company before we changed it to Optivize. So he was in Florida at this time, running ads in Charlotte area. He, he, he was the president of the company, so we had sales teams all over, mainly around, mainly in the southeast. Okay, and he was running ads to grow, you know, growing sales teams. Okay, and so he okay. So he was trying to build a sales team maybe in the Charlotte area. Absolutely. And the, the ad that we ran, we still, we still run this ad. Uh, we've changed it a lot, but it asked a question, are you sports-minded? And me being a That's the hook. sports marketing major, my dad thought, check this out, because the, the ad was, are you sports-minded? How would you like to make 1000 bucks a week? Now, this is in 1999. Yeah. That's that, a lot of money now, but back Sign then, but back then that was a lot of money, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, fifty-two thousand dollars back then was what? Probably. I mean, that's probably double what the average yeah, income sure. was. Oh, man, I bet it's hundred. I bet it's one hundred fifty now. Your average, yeah, yeah. I bet that same ad should read. How would you like to make three grand a week? Yeah. Oh, easy. Yeah, yeah. At least I totally agree with that. Yeah, that's cool. It got you hooked though. So he shows it you did. shows you the ad. So Dad shows me that ad. And I told you, I've already accepted this other job. Nobody's real crazy about me taking that job. And um, dad shows me that, and he says, you should, you should look into this. So I called and set up an interview and took my dad with me on the interview. Okay, cool. so now, let's, so, and where was the interview at? Because this is, I've kind of heard part of this story. So we met at, Restaurant bar, yeah. As I told you, you, you know that story. Uh, but it was we, we, we just went and sent there. It was prearranged for us. Gotcha. To meet. Gotcha. And it wasn't really an interview. It was more just let's come talk, hang let's, out. Let's talk about this. Yeah. This opportunity. Now, how many employees was a part of his company at that time? Man, we probably had a hundred agents then. Maybe my not a hundred, probably fifty. Compared to what are you now? We've got six hundred, six hundred fifty. Yeah. So yeah. Six times when big. combine both divisions. Yep. 12 times. That's awesome. So you know what's crazy is, we, what was that we were talking about the other day? Or maybe I sent it to you and it was like, the best way to figure out if you can have a good employee is go hang out with, go, go somewhere, a social place, 
and see if you can hang out with that person. Because if you can't, you can't work with no, them. That's right. No doubt. That's right. I think I sent you something. So it's so funny that he's like, yeah, it's not really an interview. Yeah. Let's just go hang out. Let's see if me yeah. and you jive. So during that, my dad's a real quiet person. He doesn't talk a lot. I mean, anybody who knows him knows that. But if he says something, it's either funny or worth, worth listening to. So uh, not, knowledge or funny, yeah. one of the two things. It's a dad joke. Or- yeah. So we sat there for a couple hours, and he doesn't say anything much. We talk football because Scotty's a big football guy, an Alabama boy. Mm. So, uh, yeah. Mm. Mm. Poor guy. Yeah. Uh, we've had some fun the last few years. I'll share that with you in a few minutes. But anyway, uh, we, we dive into the business, and he starts talking about residual income. You know, he asked me the question. We still laugh about this to this day, but, you know, I made a comment that after I found out what this really was, Dad said nothing about selling insurance. Yeah. I asked if I was sports-minded or not. So I questioned the ad. He said, well, it's not a lie. I just want to know if you're sports-minded or not because people who have that mindset do well in this business. So um, we continued talking, and, and I didn't know anything about insurance except my parents had some on me. That's about all I knew sure. about insurance. But when he started explaining residual income yeah. and that you sell something and you make money on that as long as that person keeps that product, yep. that did something to me. That... Uh, I just, that was amazing to me. A lot of people don't even know that's possible. So ex- so for that instance, explain to people, define residual income in your industry. I'll do that. So the type of products that we sell, we don't sell major medical or property and casualty. We sell uh, supplemental insurance. Okay, so for example, we sell uh, life insurance, disability insurance, mainly at the workplace, cancer policies, heart and stroke, those kinds of policies. So I want to point that out, but residuals pay on any type of insurance. And this is how that works. Let's say someone buys an insurance product and it's 50 bucks a paycheck. So it's payroll deduct out of their paycheck, 50 bucks a paycheck, whatever product is, doesn't matter. All right, so the person who sells that policy, uh, they make a commission off that sale. Yeah. Okay. And usually an insurance company will go ahead and advance an agent that first year premium. Just like just like you as the customer have paid that policy paid on that policy for the first year. Yeah. Okay. They'll go ahead and advance you that. They do clawbacks if they drop the policy. They do. They okay. will do that. Different companies do it different ways. Gotcha. You know, the way we do it was always very good for the agent because we would only charge twenty five percent of their total paycheck the next week. So if they had a charge back, it wouldn't kill them. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. So after that, thir- after that 12th month, start on the 13th month when that 50 bucks is paid to the insurance company, the writing agent gets a small percentage of that every single month. Yeah. And that's renewals and it snowballs. It, it gets, yeah, it's power in numbers. It's power in numbers. I mean, it only, yeah. may only be a dollar or two, you know, but, you know, sell it, thousands it, of those. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And in the year, in, in that year that it takes before you even have your first uh, residual Mm-hmm. monthly payment, you could have potentially sold, what, hundreds, yeah, man, if we, not a thousand. Listen, we, our, our number one agent this year will sell $750,000 in premium. So give me an idea what the the profit center for that agent is. Is it 2%? Is it, no, it's more than that. That agent, our bonus programs are significant too. So no, I got you. you know, that, that agent will make six figures in bonuses. Yeah. That doesn't start with a one. Mm-mm. And I would guess there's probably, a, it's probably tiered too. So, 
the agent gets a percentage of that residual. And the hierarchy. In the, the hierarchy. Manager, so you, yeah. We've got a three-tier hierarchy. You've got a so district, the, regional, and state manager. So, And all the way to the top, to Scotty, down to me, is one of, one of four vice presidents. And then we have state managers and district and regions under that. Um, the pot, the cut all, probably gets smaller. It does. But you get a bigger pot to That's work exactly out. right. Yeah. Exactly right. It's in numbers. And it's we're all independent contractors all the way from, from the president all the way down. You know, the, the day that we... Uh, or not, the day that we would be forced to be employees is the day that we go do it somewhere else. Yeah. Great. Let's yeah. talk about that for a minute because I love independent contractors. I love subcontractors. I love 1099s, employees. I just, it's tough. So tell me, uh, did Scotty make this decision early on? Did uh, somebody above him make this decision early on? Uh, there was another guy by the name of Chris Weaver who and why? was the president and CEO of our company. And you know, he, he kept that, he wanted to keep it that way because of the, he was a big believer in the entrepreneur, you know, that you, you, you grow this business, it's your business within our business. Yeah. And he was a big proponent of that. And that was passed down to Scotty through myself. And, you know, it's very unique to have that in our market anymore. Most companies don't operate the way we do. And that's one reason that we have an upper hand in the recruiting room. Right. If I sit down and, re- and interviewing you and you interview with three other companies alike, you're not going to go anywhere and make more money than you can with me. Because you're your own boss. Oh, but you're going to pay more taxes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, how do, that's the, da- that's the downside of 1099, if you really think about it. There's so many upsides. The yeah. only downside is, is you got to be really frugal. Well, I, I tell you that. I was explaining that this morning to someone is, Here's the cool thing about it, though, man. If you take somebody who makes a hundred thousand dollars salary, they're going to bring home what seventy, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Unless they got some good tax shelter. You take someone who makes a hundred grand with me, with the write-offs and mm-hmm. a lot of different things that you can do, you're bringing home ninety, mm-hmm. no doubt. Yeah. No doubt about it. So we kind of and have you're a building residual too. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Now you do have some expenses, but. Our overhead is not, I don't have an office, yep. so I don't have a lot of overhead. My overhead is travel. No brick and mortar? No brick and mortar. No reason for he it. He does brick and mortar. It sits on the lake out there. I, yeah. I had, I had an office. <laughs> All three of them. Yeah. <laughs> I had an office early in my career. It was a waste of money. You know, it's... Uh, yeah, you better off to work out of your house. Don't need it. Yeah. Don't need it. How has the insurance game, even in, your, in the supplemental game, how has it changed in the last decade? Like, we kind of knew what the Aflacs of the world were in yep. the early 2000s. You sure. know, what has changed from then to 2023 today? Um, I think the uh, our average annual premium when I first started was about 300 bucks. So when somebody bought a product, they would pay about 300 bucks annually for that product. That's doubled. So, so mm-hmm. people, people, people are paying more for uh, for for what we're selling. What's the average what's the average policy kept for? So you say you say three hundred dollars a year. You sold that product. Yeah, what's help. the life expectancy of that customer to that product? Right. What do they call that? Our ARV or yeah. keep in mind one of the things we're really good at, man, is going back and seeing our existing customers and selling them other products because we sell a variety of, of, of products. So you guys are probably better than most, do you think? Absolutely. Um one reason our business really stays on the books, too, is all of our products have return of premium options. So you purchase a supplemental policy. For example, people have a misconception that have health insurance. They think, all right, I'm good. But when something catastrophic happens, cancer, heart disease, 
Uh, medical insurance doesn't pay the house note, car note. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this pays the doctor bills. Yep, doctor but, but bills. The pro- and that, but and the price those, those, But the price has doubled over the last 10 years. Do you, do you see that trend happening the next 10 years? Are we going to double from 3 to 6 to 12? Yep. Is it just going to compound over time? I think so. Is that because the doctors got expensive and the cars got it like just general day of life? I think so. Yeah. Yep. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to hear about the new department you've yep. started mm-hmm. and uh, what that looks like. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with Shane McGuffin. Let's face it. Shopping for insurance can be time consuming. When it comes to your auto and home insurance needs, make things simple and trust your Allstate experts. They will help you get the coverage that fits your needs while helping you bundle your auto and home. Bundling saves money, sure, but it also saves you time. So, you can enjoy the things that matter most even more. Contact Clemson Allstate agent Shane Smith at 864-654-1047 today for a free personalized insurance proposal. Allstate, are you in good hands? Okay, we're back with Shane McGuffin from Optivize. Now, Shane, before the break, we talked about your mom was still uh, working at Winn-Dixie at the time. You got a lot of your work ethic from your parents, right? Absolutely. You were, you're still in Charlotte at this point, correct? Yep. Okay, so, t- so pick us up where we left off and, and move us forward here. Yep. So I started, uh, you know, met with, with Scotty, and, and the residual income thing turned me on, man, and I was like, I'm going to give this a shot. Yep. I'm gonna give it six months and see what see what happens, right? So I started out and um, uh, my first week, man, I made seventeen hundred bucks, and I thought, yeah, I'm gonna be rich. Now is this so? <laughs> was did the sales thing come natural to you, or was it something you kind of had to figure it, out? It, it, it did. It. I mean, the first week, if you made seventeen hundred bucks in the first week, yeah, it probably my, came pretty natural, I would guess. My personality and communication skills is what. Yeah, you're what, people what, person. What sells people, yeah. you know? So I'm a kid. I'm, I'm you know, on a, we do worksite marketing. So I primarily started working out, working in schools in North Carolina. We would we would have a, uh, a payroll slot with, you know, ABC school district, whatever, and we would go into those schools and sell to the teachers, right? So they just, you have them not, come through. Not mandatory, you know? So yeah. we had to do things to make it fun and exciting for people to come see us, give away free gifts, bring in donuts. I mean, yeah. And then when somebody sits in the chair and we have a word for word presentation that you have to memorize. Okay. And once you get that presentation down, then we'll, we'll take you out in the field and fill, fill, take you out in the field and field train you. Um, so I took pride in memorizing that presentation, about a 10 minute presentation, but that presentation itself sells our products. It builds a need for it. People have the misconception that if they have health insurance, they're good to go. It's yeah. Not, not the case. So yeah, yeah. the presentation explains to a, to a potential customer, uh, the reason you need this, this these supplemental policies, okay? And then we hit them at the end with, if you don't use it, we're going to give all your money back to you. Yeah, it's like a win-win. Who's not going to buy that? Yeah. Right? So uh, I think my personality, which I also got from, you know, from more of my mom, um, that really helped early in my career and being, being a, but it, it comes down to hard work. You know, we talked about this earlier. Um, one of my competitive advantages has always been, I'm going to outwork whoever I'm, competing against and you know a lot of my early success i think was just i mean you're looking at 16 18 hour days you were just showing up and everybody else wasn't that's exactly right yeah yeah doing my thing but anyway so i started out had great success was rookie of the year uh in my company 
I'll tell you a funny story. So we do a cell celebration every year, usually somewhere tropical, but this particular year it was in New Orleans. Not too tropical. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hurricane Katrina was pretty tropical. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, our company had rented out the Superdome. Uh, So we stayed. Not not a small company. Yeah. So we we stay at the, I can't remember if it was a double tree that connects. Anyway, so we walk over to the Superdome for the first night event. And actually on the field, and they have all kind of cool stuff going on. You can kick field goals, and they've got all kind of little games going on. And Joe Theismann was a guest speaker that night, which was really cool. But we walk around for 20, 30 minutes, and uh, Sherry and I are dating at the time. We're not even married. And I don't say anything for 30 minutes. And I think she asked me what's wrong. You, you never went 30 minutes and I said a word. Yeah. And I walked around that 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 football field and I looked at all these different people that had been successful and I'm just measuring up everyone. You're like, I, I can whip them all. I said, we're going to be rich. Yeah. Because I know if these people can do this, I know for a fact that I can. Yeah. Mm. Good call for you. Yep. So that was an eye-opening experience for me mm. seeing that just these normal people, what they all had is their work mm-hmm. ethic. Yep. You know, I can remember that year, the salesman of the year accepted, he, he was a uh, he worked on the divi- uh, consumer division. They were mainly in the Midwest, selling to farmers and ranchers. This guy was agent of the year. I think he sold four hundred grand that year uh, in premium, and he accepted his year in award in overalls. And that was what he wore every <laughs> yep. day. Doesn't he, matter. But he yep. connected. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Because if you would have shown up in a suit to his clients, they, they would have bought nothing. They'd, they'd have stabbed exactly. you with a pitchfork. Exactly right. Exactly right. And I asked him. I was I'm like. Serious. I'll never forget, I asked him, I was, I was a kid, and I said, man, do you, is that how you dress when you go to work every day? Because here we are, I'm in the workplace, I wear a suit to work every day. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I, and the reason I dress like this uh, on this trip is because it's the way I dress every day. He was a pleasant man, um, and he was, a, he was a superstar. But But he made an impact. He made an impact. He did. He was... But that just showed me that relatability early on as yeah. a kid in this business that, you know, that guy, if you looked at him, you wouldn't think he had two nickels to rub together, <laughs> right? That's right. And he was a superstar. He was smashing it, yeah. yeah. And that's when I knew that as long as I, you know, my work, I bring my work ethic, um, nobody's going to be, I'm, I'm going to be the best. Yeah. And that, you know, was... That, that's early on in my career. That's what happened. So my first year, very successful. Uh, second year, I moved into a management position um, and started growing a sales team. And very close with my parents, of course, and my mom, um, we would talk business a lot. And I could tell she was very intrigued about, because here we are, my second year in the business. She's in corporate America. And, you know, I'm making as much or more money than she's making. I'm a 23-year-old kid. Yep. And I loved it. It was I, I slept it, and you knew you were going to do more. Oh yeah, yeah. That, was that just, wasn't the top for you. Just the beginning. Yeah, because you can get rich in this business selling, but you get wealthy by duplicating yourself. That's right. And and I knew I could do that. But anyway, uh, she would inquire about the business so often, you know. And and the next year, which would be my third year in the business, she started hinting around about getting her insurance license, and that was scary to me. Um, you got to remember, she's the breadwinner of our family, right? That's her whole, she's worked her whole career to get that big promotion, you know. Um, 
but I also knew that if she did what I did, that she'd be the best to ever do it. Yeah. Just because of her personality. You got, you got it honest. Yep. Yeah. So long story short, she came home one day, uh, one Friday, and let, let, let me know that she was uh, leaving her career and getting her insurance license. It didn't matter what you said. She'd already had her mind yep. made up. She just didn't tell you yep. the whole story, <laughs> like moms often do, yeah. right? Absolutely. So uh, I said, well, let's go. So sure enough, she started at, she was agent of the year, her very first year in the business, which was no surprise. No surprise. Moved into management, and seven of the next nine years, she was one of our managers of the year. Uh, just did phenomenal in the, in the business. Built a, helped me build a, really from the, from the ground up, we built a phenomenal organization. To have a, in our business, to really have a good team, you've got to build a, success, a real success, successful core of folks. Yeah. So I started with her, right? Scotty at this point is going, man, we need to find some more of these MacGuffins. No right? doubt. No doubt about it. <laughs> you know, he's like, we're, he'll be good. Start he'll be, having kids, yeah. man. He'll, he'll, be the, he'll be the first to tell you that. So, and then a year later, uh, you tell me the man upstairs doesn't know, you know, doesn't, doesn't help you out. So a year later, when Dixie files Chapter 11 bankruptcy, closes every store outside of Florida, I think, maybe Texas. Too. Yeah. But she took that leap for a reason, you know. Uh, now, her being a female in corporate America, they would have moved her to Florida, so she'd have been fine. However, um, her boss at the time, his name's Gary Berrettini, uh, looks like he's in, from Louisiana, New Orleans. First time I saw, he looks like the Godfather. Real cool guy. Uh, slick back hair. Slick back, man. Yeah. Yep. Like, like you were in high school. Yep. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. But, uh, you're slick. <laughs> so, uh, he, him and my mom remained good friends, and uh, he inquired about, of course, she would keep him up to speed on, on her new career and how much she loved it. She wished she'd have been doing it since she was 25 years old. And so the only way I knew Gary up until this point is when I was a kid, he'd get me concert tickets because he was a big wig at Winn-Dixie, and uh, you know, he, I, I, me and his son, Nick, who I'll get, get to in a minute, uh, first time we met, I think I was 18, he was 14 maybe, 13. We went to a Van Halen concert in nice. Charlotte. So back then, all these executives would get these tickets to all this stuff, right? So that's, that's how I knew Gary at the time and was intimidated by him because of what he looked like and his position. It was always yes, sir, when I saw him. So fast forward, I'm 23 years old. I built my first house. I'm living in Rock Hill. And he inquires about what we're doing. So I tell mom, I said, tell him I'll interview him. So he comes to my home office, and I'm sitting in my home office, and I'm interviewing this guy. Still nervous. Who's had all kind of success yeah. in corporate America. And I just tell him the story of, you know, my first three years in this business. And, of course, mom's story. So long story short, uh, Gary comes on board. Uh, a couple other people from Winn-Dixie uh, came on board as well. So here I am, a 23, 24-year-old kid with... Uh, an executive team managing this business with me. Guys got experience, yep. ladies and guys, I guess. I mean, you got you got both, right? Man, so, your boss is probably just going. Oh, there's no doubt. What Had the no hell? idea yep. what that conversation was going to lead up to the first time y'all y'all met. Excuse no, me, no doubt. But so uh, you know, one thing that both of them brought was a work ethic being in retail mm -hmm. uh, even though with Winn-Dixie man even though you were way up the, the, the totem pole you know holidays you had to be in a store 
Uh, I remember Nick saying, man, I can remember I never spent a Thanksgiving with Dad. Yeah. When I remember, a lot of those managers would be stocking the shelves with the head, too. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, they had high school students that, that yeah. wouldn't show up. Absolutely. And the, and the company was kind of built that way, too. You know, they really yeah. required their managers to be there Hands all the on. time. Yep. So, anyway, so, uh, you know, we start building that organization, uh, growing leaps and bounds. And then a couple years later, uh, Gary had a son named Nick, who I mentioned a minute ago, who really became my right-hand guy later on after my mom and and, uh, stepped down. Uh, But Nick, uh, you know, he was in a, in a, in a, in a band, uh, had dropped out of school and, but, but had a great personality. And Gary knew that if he could get his, get his stuff together, that he could be very good in this business. So I interviewed Nick and we brought him on. I think he might've been 19, 20 years old when he came on board and, uh, was a great salesperson, got him into management. And um, so down the road, two or three years, you know, I've got I've got my mom, I've got Gary, I've got Nick, I've got a guy named Mike, you know, just a great dynamic management team. And we start growing this thing. I and mean, we get to 100 agents. You are whooping ass. Whooping ass, man. Yep. And we're gaining more territory because we're doing good. So we're picking up more states that we're being allowed to, to build teams in. And we just built, I mean, we built a dynamic organization together. Really That's good. awesome. Yep. That is crazy. Good. Gary is still with me, uh, but I look for him to probably step down at the end of this year. Uh, my mom, uh, about seven years ago, I made her chill out and help help with the kids and stop working. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing that's great about the business. You know, she hadn't worked in seven years and still makes, still gives a paycheck. That's so that's crazy. That's that residual income we were yeah. talking about in yep. your industry. And not a lot of industries do that. If you sell a car, you're going to get a bonus. You're going to yep. get a, a paycheck. And yep. then you're going to get a bonus at the end of the month if you're a top performer. But you don't make money off that Honda Accord mm-hmm. you sold that's right. to one customer that's right. after the sale. You know, we talked. Your industry is totally different. Right. Even the real estate industry I is wish not. I wish I would have learned that at your age. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think, and me and even Brad Price, when he was on, the, on here, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, dude, if you could dig a ditch for somebody. Mm-hmm. And you didn't charge them that much up front, but you got to collect on all the money that went through that ditch over the years. Yep. He's like, dude, that'd be a great deal. And I'm like, that's the kind of businesses I look for now. That's exactly right. Because I see the power. I didn't, I didn't even know it existed. You know, I, when I was young, I always wanted to do my own thing, but I was like trading time for, for money. Sure. Right? No doubt. You know, you'd spend X amount of time, make something, you'd sell it. But they helped me grow this thing, man. They're, 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 they're my core, and they're the people who helped. Last month, man, we went over my whole career. My organization has sold $160 million worth of insurance. That's crazy. In a year? No. Oh, my since career, my career. Because of your, your career. Okay. $160 million. That's massive. That's yep. not a small number. No. Yep. And they helped me do it, man. You know, we've had a lot of people. We recruit a lot of people into the business, you know, uh, to get one good one. One good person that, that stays longer than five years, you've got to go through six, seven, eight people. Yeah. So we recruit a lot. High turnover. What's your, what is your turnover in your industry? I would say it's better with us than, than, of course. than industry average, simply because when I bring a person on board, they've got somewhere to go to work. And so we've it's got all places. on them. It is. But well, most insurance jobs, though, they'll bring you on board and say, all right, go sell your family, go sell Go sell to somebody. Let's see if you can do it. But, but what's unique and different about us is when we bring people on board, I've got somewhere to put you to go to work every day. You might have to travel, mm-hmm. okay, but we've got groups that I'm going to put you in front of people. You already got mm-hmm. schools lined up. Schools, hospitals, you yeah. name it. We, got, we have, you know, 25,000 groups. How do you guys usually do that? How do you, got, do you guys, do you have another division that cold calls? Uh, so, those? so all of our people uh, open groups, man. Okay. So, 
all the way from the, uh, the newest agent all the way up to the... Open their own groups. We open... Well, they open groups. I mean, the goal is to open enough groups where you just work your own groups, right? Yeah. But, you know, we have to service the accounts that we currently have. So we go... I'll give you a prime example. You know, some of our largest accounts, we go in year after year and sell just as much as we do the year before. And you think, how do you do that? Well, you got turnover. You have new employees. Within that group, you got turnover, right? And yeah. our existing customers, I mean, we, we tier these enrollments, so we don't go in and sell everything at one time. Mm. So we sell different products different years, and then we can add stuff to your policy. So there's a method to the madness, you know, so we can collect, we, we can get more and more premium out of a, sure. out of an enrollment or, an, or a customer. As we're wrapping up this podcast, I, want, I don't want to stop until we talk about this new division. Yes, absolutely. So tell us about you know, the what and the why. Yeah. So uh, l- let me make one more comment on where we were, sure. and then I'm going to roll right into that, okay? And I wanted to really mention, you know, the core of my organization, how we built that, and, you know, how my, had my mom never took that, that, that promotion mm-hmm. to Winn-Dixie, none of this may have never happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, for, for my mom, for Gary, for Nick, uh, who knows? And, and you've, so we go, we go to Rock Hill, we, all that happens, and then we decide, all right, we want to move back home. So we come back home, which which we wanted to do, which is upstate, right? We wanted to be here, and we continue running our business. So it was just like we took a seven, eight-year uh, trip trip, trip to, to Charlotte area and then came back, right, and, and built something massive, massive and then got to come back. So it's weird how the man upstairs works, but you look back on all that and – what if my dad never would have saw the ad in the paper that Scotty ran? Yeah. Or if you wouldn't have took the internship, if she wouldn't have took the promotion. No doubt. If you wouldn't know Dabba. I mean, there's so yeah. many connections. Like, we talk about that all the time. Like, it's, he calls it his Rolodex. But, like, you know, the fact of, you know, the, the idea of meeting people and learning things opens up opportunities. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. But let's talk about, uh, you know, during COVID, man, that really changed a lot of stuff. So, during the pandemic, uh I didn't lose any of my core people. Why do you think that's? Why do you think that happened? You didn't have an office for them to report to. <laughs> well, that too, but residual income. Right. Oh yeah. Right. So you did so, shut down, but they were still so, making money. So we lost a lot of agents, newer people in the business. They didn't have a lot of residuals coming in. You know, because yep. it was tough. We had never sold anything virtually. We had never sold anything on the telephone. Everything we sold was face to face. And we came to a screeching halt, man. What do we do? Yeah. You know, what do we do? So we spent that time to start developing, you know, how do we sell virtually? You know, so at the company, man, we, we had two divisions for years. We had a worksite division, which is what we did. All the stuff that we sold was at a workplace, at a group. We had another division called the consumer division. They had a totally different product line than we did. And I was always good good friends with some of those guys, and uh, was always intrigued by the what they sold. Uh, a lot of times, their salespeople would make more money than our salespeople would, and it was simply because their premiums were higher. What they were selling cost more, but they were selling to farmers in in middle America. I didn't realize farmers made as much money as they did until I started talking to those guys. <laughs> it's a non, it's a number. So it, is, it, is uh, yeah. it because it's harder to sell those products, which is why the what, premiums were higher? Well, they're better. So I'll give you an gotcha. example. So those products, with the worksite products, I mentioned the return of premium. You get your money back minus any claims. So for example, you buy a cancer policy for your family. Okay, you pay thirty bucks a month. Okay, 
over 20 years, let's say you pay in $6,000. Let's say you have a small skin cancer claim for $2,000. So at the end of 20 years, you're going to get four grand back, right? Yeah. Or if you have, my father actually had our policy and had prostate cancer, and they're not going to get any money back, but thank God he had the policy to pay him when they need the money, right? Yeah. Uh, Which is really what the policy is for. That's why you should buy it anyway, right? But with the products that those guys sold, you get your money back regardless of claim. So you could have a $100,000 claim. You still are guaranteed to get every dime of your premium back in 20 years. Whether you use it or not. Whether you use it or not. Now, is this still through Optivize or is this a subsidiary you set up? Nope, it's through Optivize. Uh, The insurance company that underwrites our products is Washington National, who is owned by CNO. So Washington National underwrites all these products, Worksite and Direct. Gotcha. Okay? Gotcha. So for years, man, I was never allowed to sell those direct products because that was a different division, okay? Always one of those products because I knew that with our, our customer base, because keep in mind there's a lot of people that buy our policies that leave their place of employment, but they keep their policy. Yeah. Why do they keep their policy? Because in 20 years they get their money back. Yeah, yeah, they won't let it go. So I always knew there was thousands and thousands and thousands of people out there, okay, that we never did even contact anymore, that if I had those direct products, I could do some damage with. So 20, 20 years is up, you go back to them and say... And convert to those other products. Hey, we can give you your money back, or we can... Well, they're going to get their money back regardless. It's a, win, yeah. it's a win-win for both sides. Yeah, win-win right. for both sides. They're going to get their money back regardless. And the policy they currently have can stay in force. Or they can convert or upgrade to this better policy, which pays you double if you have a claim. Gives you money back regardless. Give of you money back regardless if you have a claim. Yeah. Is this individualized? Because we talked about you go into companies. Yes. So any. So any... The, these individual products are, are are they're based on age, as far as price. But so I can call you and say absolutely. Okay. Who other than that? Who in the previous conversation? Who is your demographic? Who's your target audience? We mentioned you did a lot of work with uh, different many school districts, yep. companies. M- Middle America has always been, you know, where we are. But in the work site side, it's any company. So to, to, to be a group, uh, above you have a number of employees. At least, at least three employees. Okay. Three. So that's anybody. Three. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. Three employees. All, three policies, actually. It can be two employees as long as they take out three policies. Okay. And you can get a group number. And Cool. So, yep. So a couple a couple ending questions here. There's a little bit of get to know Mr. McGuffin. What did you listen to on your way here? Uh, I had a little uh, Luke Combs playing. Luke Combs. He was on a business call or something when I got here. I was. <laughs> so you working all the time. All the time. And Back then, the- are you a reader? Uh, I like to read. Uh, I like to read uh, self-help books. I like to read. Right now, I'm reading uh, Trey Gowdy's book. You guys know Trey. I love me. He's got the best haircut in Congress. He's awesome. Man. I wish he stayed. That dude. Wish he'd have stayed in politics. I love me some Trey Gowdy. Yep. I'm reading his book now. It's great. Is it? You guys should get that. I'm so not a reader, yeah. but I'm, I'm a reader. To yep. it. I'm not very good at it, but I love to read. But now I won't read anything that's not real, mm-hmm. or or is gonna the, is gonna give me something. You're, you're not a Twilight series. No, I'm no. The same way. I'm the same way with TV too. Me too. So I am I'm too. Exactly. Give the same me way. a good docu series, yes. or at least a movie yep. based on truth. Yep. Let me learn. If I'm going to watch a movie, yep. let me find some gold nuggets yep. and not yep. fantasy nuggets. Yep. Yep. Now I know your favorite podcast is the Southcat Syndicate podcast. Do you have a different podcast that you listen to? I listen to Rogan sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I listen to Rogan. I, I, I love Hatton. I love him. Yeah, he's good. He's he's the only difference between Kyle and I and Rogan is we don't smoke pot. Yep. 
because it's not legal here, right? Yeah. And I work for the county. That's probably the main <laughs> reason. So, um, favorite artist? Uh, music. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a country music guy. Yeah, me too. I, I like, I like, I like, you know, I'm a big Stapleton guy, man. What about Larry Fleet? You heard Larry Fleet? I have. We just went and seen him last week. Oh, very cool. He's awesome. I love yep. Larry Fleet. And do you have a favorite business quote that you kind of go back to, revert to? If it is to be, it's up to me. There you go. That's a great one. It is to be. So I got one more me. thing. How can people reach you, whether mm-hmm. they want to get in the business? Sure. Right? They yep. think they could excel what you do. They want an interview. They want to whatever. Yep. Or uh, they want to be a client. They want yep. to be a client. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, they can call me. I'm on social media. I'm everywhere. I'm on Instagram, okay. Facebook, you know, you name it. I, I'm out there. Just Shane McGuffin? Yep. Shane McGuffin. Um course they i'm not gonna put my number on here but uh, yeah yeah yeah. if they look me up on facebook you can or, find or, or you, can, you can find me out there for sure anybody local uh easy, easy to find me um I, i'll tell you this about our product one reason my mom was so good in this business is money was never a motivator for her mm-hmm. that was the motivator for me not for her her motivation was helping people and whenever she was in a, a group or an enrollment uh, the reason she was so good is it oozed out of her that she knew that everybody in there needed what we're selling. Yeah. And through the years, I became that. That's who I have became. Become, I, I, that's the way I feel. I feel like what we offer, what bothers me now is, is having friends and family. What did they go through? Something catastrophic, and I've never told them about what I do. Yeah. And you could have helped them. And I hadn't sold a, by the way, I have not sold an insurance policy since 2008. I'm not in the business of selling insurance. I'm in the business of building sales distribution. You just training or yep. yeah, exactly. So, uh, however, uh, the products that we that we offer and sell, everybody needs those products. Uh, you get your money back if you don't use them. Okay, yeah. a lot of people now, man, are also going to high deductible health insurance because it's so expensive, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, our supplemental products, which are very inexpensive, it's a gap. It, it, it is, man. I mean, if you have a twenty thousand dollar. Um, people have different copays on their, you know, you guys know how that works. But if you have a cancer policy and were to get cancer, I mean, that policy pays you direct cash. Yeah, and it's a set amount too, right? Yeah, and guess what? If you don't use it, guess what happens? You get all your money back. Yeah. So anybody looking for a, for a career to, to, to you know, if, if money is a motivator, if helping people is a motivator, um, there's no better business out there than what we do. Yeah, you get the best of both worlds, right? You're helping yep. people and you're making money. Absolutely. It's fun, man. I love it. As you guys can tell, it's, it, I'm passionate about what we do. You are. Uh, what I love most about our business, besides helping our customers, the most fun about my job is bringing somebody on board who uh, it changes their life. This, this job changes their life. And I see it every single day with people that come on board with me and in five years, what they accomplish is mind-blowing. Yeah. And that's the coolest thing about what I do. It's awesome. Well, I can't thank you enough for the, both of us, me and Kyle, both uh, for giving us some of your time today. And uh, there's no doubt you're passionate about what you do in your industry. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? Uh, fishing and playing golf. There you go. I, got, I got three boys, one who is very passionate about uh, bass fishing. Um, one that's very passionate about golf. Yep, one that's very passionate about golf, and that little one, 
I don't know about him. And I, my, my wife gets mad at me because I'll say, man, I can't wait to retirement. I'm going to go spend a week with Luke. We're going to fish. Yeah. I'm going to go spend a week with Cole. We're going to play golf and go to the state penitentiary and see crew. <laughs> I'll tell, tell you a funny story about, about Cole. Cole. That's not, not going to happen, but anyway. Cole, so like good. I met him like one time. Because, you know, when we used to kind of hang out. How old is kid? They were young, young. Well, he's, what, middle school now? Mm-hmm. Okay. He's middle school playing, what, varsity golf, correct? Yeah, he's a he's a Varsity high school golf. Yeah, he's yep. a stud. So, like, I, you know, I knew these kids when they were little, little. Hadn't seen them in forever. So Cole comes to the house one day and hangs out just for a little bit. And he asks Lawton, he's like, he doesn't know me. I don't know him. But he's like, did your dad play golf? <laughs> He's just looking for somebody to go play golf with. Oh yeah, you know. He's, or I guess he went into you. He probably wears him out as far as the amount of golf he wants to play, and he's just looking for somebody else to, you know, no, that'll go on the golf course. He's in a course every day, he loves it. He's that's a great sport. I wish you know. I tried to get Lawton to get to be interested in that because for females, there's even more opportunity. Oh, dude, it's huge. Now yeah. I got a friend of mine who has three daughters, and they were involved in all kind of sports. And he told me years ago, he's like, "I'm gonna get these girls in golf." And you know what? All three, you know how much he's going to spend on college? The last one is, is committed now. The other two, one's finished, one's in college. So three daughters, he's going to spend zero. Yeah, good for him. On college. There's a bunch of free rides that go to waste. I read yep. something the other day that said, if you're thinking about partnering with somebody in business, go play golf with them. There you go. Because if they move the ball or they cheat at golf, they will cheat you at know. business. Yeah, yep. you know. Well, I don't have a friend in my circle that I'd partner with, <laughs> they all including me. <laughs> Old foot wedge. I'm going to be like, tap, did y'all see that? <laughs> Just put me down a smiley face. <laughs> we, my, Megan and I play smiley face golf. Like, we don't even keep numbers anymore. Was that a good hole? Smiley face. There you yeah. go. Was it a bad hole? Frowny did face. Did we have fun? And how many smiley faces do we have at the end of the game? Like, yeah. Forget the numbers. Listen, yeah. it's been a great episode. Thank you so much, Mr. McGuffin, for being a part of it. And tell everybody one more time if they want to find you, they can just type in Shane McGuffin, find you on Facebook, Insta. Absolutely. Great. Until next time, guys, we'll catch you later. Thank you. See you.